like you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. I am the one who knocks. My dark passenger. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Don't call me Junior. I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you off flying, miss. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hi everyone, welcome back to Talking Geek, episode 4. I'm Cal. I'm JB. This is the podcast where we talk about comics, video games, TV, all things geek. Whatever we feel like talking about, if it's geeky, we're talking about it. Indeed. So, last time we didn't, we ran out of time, we didn't really talk about any video games. So that's going to be primarily what we want to talk about today. I think I want to talk about some of the Man of Steel stuff that's been going on a little bit. There's been a lot more um, activity, even since the last time we recorded about uh, Man mm-hmm. of Steel trailers and whatnot, but... Let's talk about some uh, video games, so why don't you go ahead? Why don't you... Okay, so I don't know if we talked about this before or mentioned it in the podcast, but uh, we are primarily PS3 players. We don't have an Xbox, so any Xbox Xbox exclusives we're not going to be talking about. So um, I've been kind of trying to catch up on a back queue of PS3 games that I know are pretty good and haven't had a chance to play yet, so... Uh, most recently, I got the platinum for Ellie Noir, so I was pretty yeah, happy were, with that platinum. I spent a lot of time. You were working on that forever because you you abandoned the game for a little while, like a couple of months, and then yeah, you know the game is. I'm I'm a big true crime fan, and I, I like watching those kinds of shows. I like watching procedurals, so this game is right up my alley. But at the same time, it's it can get a little repetitive, and it's it's basically where you're you're a uh, crime de- you're a detective. And it's the game plays out as a series of cases, and some cases are more interesting than others. And so after a while, I just I like I lost my motivation because I was getting a little bored with it. So I I took a break several months off, and then when I went back into it, I got into some cases that were interlinked between each other, where you'd think you solved it, but then you'd go on to the next case, and it, it's related, and and that carried on throughout the rest of the game. And so that that carried me through. And it's like after that, I was so close to the platinum, it was like, well, I might as well finish. Yeah, that game. That was kind of a goal of mine from the start. Was I, I, I read through. I knew what the trophies were, so I knew it was platinum a bowl. So it was, it was a goal from the start that I, I wanted to get the platinum. So I'm happy I did. Ellie Noir is definitely not a game for me. I, it's very much, it's very procedural. For for me, it just looked very boring. It's not but... a button masher by any means. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's not a, a brain game for sure. It's just a boring. I mean, I shouldn't say boring talky game because games where everybody just. T- talks is finally like, heavy rain i loved like heavy that. rain yeah. but that game ellie noir just it, i know it's not my, not my well, it's, it's a lot of you're, you're looking around for clues you got to find the clues then you got to question the suspects or witnesses and and decipher whether or not they're telling the truth or lying and if they're lying why they're you know what the what's your proof that they're lying so and, even though you platinumed it are you do, do you recommend it because it sounds like you may or may not um, I would recommend it to somebody who's into the slower moving storyline kind of games. If you're into a game that's like reading a book or a game that's a story, or if you're also into kind of puzzle games, then I would definitely recommend it. But if you're someone who prefers more action, first person shooter, or even um, third person shooter kind of games, I, I wouldn't recommend it. So, What year did that game come out? It's 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 been out for a while. It's you know, I'm not even sure. I don't. I don't even want to quote like guess because I'm I not think sh- it was 2011. Because I think Red Dead Something Redemption like came out in 2010. I mean, it's it's one of the later Rockstar games because the the graphics on that are eons above what uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 looked like. I think it was. Their and it was left- even it, they're they're better than Red Dead Redemption from what I've seen. No, too. the well, graphics. Yeah, are, the graphics are really really good, and and the time and effort that they put into developing that city, um, it's basically this Hollywood in in the. Uh, what is it, 1940s? It's awesome. Yeah, the graphics do look really good. I like... It's it, actually, it's after the... It's more like the 1950s, because it's post-World War Two. It looks better than Grand Theft Auto 4, for sure. I, I'm not sure about Red Dead, but I... It, it came out after Red Dead, so it should... It, it should look better, because... Let, let's see here. Grand Theft Auto 4 came out in 2008, around the time we got our PS3. Grand Theft... Or, um... Red Dead Redemption came out in 2010... 
and haven't played that yet. Got it for just got it for this past Christmas, so mm-hmm. I'll be diving into that soon. Yeah, and, and I anticipate then, you'll put in more hours into that than I. I put in about thirty-five hours into Ellie Noir, and that was to get the platinum. I, I gander that you're gonna take uh, longer for. Oh well, game. I don't I mean I don't know if I'll platinum it. No, I know, but I just I get the feeling that's a longer game. So Ellie Noir didn't come out last year. No. So it must have came out in 2011. Because it, it, I, I bought it on the cheap, too. So, you know, it had already gone through pretty deep discounts. Yeah, if Red Dead Redemption came out in 2010, it must have been 2011. So it's been out for a while. So And then, yeah, you didn't get it until... Did you get it last year? Uh, like August. I started playing it, I think, August of last year. So the the interesting thing that I thought, just watching you play it a little bit, was that they used a lot of famous individuals as the yeah. character models. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, John Noble, was, uh, he's one of the, the characters. Um, God, I can't even think of all the, the names of the people. There's a lot of people that you see in TV. The one chick from, mm-hmm. we know her from um, Undeclared and from Californication. Yeah. What? Uh, the porn star, she was, she played the porn star on Californication, just like the high school, yeah, or I the can't. college girl in Undeclared. I don't even, I mean, I, I don't even know her name, but you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was in it. There's Ooh. quite a few people. I mean, and they're, they're really recognizable because it's clearly motion capture. So, I mean, the, the faces of the characters they're playing look like the actors that they that they were, you know, are in real life. So it's not just a matter of voice recognition where you're like, oh, that voice sounds familiar. I mean, they look... Yeah, they did Realistic. Their, They're really great. The the character models are are on are on the people, which I really hadn't seen that much. I know that the upcoming uh, Quantic Quantic Dream uh, Beyond Two Souls game, mm-hmm. the girl is model is played by Ellen Page, and I she looks a lot like her. I'm not sure if it's exactly modeled on her or, but it's it's she's it looks a lot like Ellen Page. But I hadn't seen yeah. this game is just. It that adds to the cinematic quality at least because it really a, does. It's a yeah. bunch of actors that you recognize and know. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, the cutscenes in this in this uh, game are really good too. So it's just it gets it gets a little repetitive, and they try to change it up by having you move from homicide to to arson to um, vice. So I mean, you're doing different types of cases, but I mean the the mechanics are the same. So. It, it just comes down to if you like solving puzzles or not, because that's really what it is, is, is figuring out based on the well, based on the actors and if they look nervous or if they don't. Or I mean, it's it's really subtle things. It's so not just it, solving puzzles. It's solving that particular... Like, if you... It would lose my interest, because I'm not interested in solving... Puzzle games aren't my bag for the most part, but mm-hmm. that game in particular, just solving these crimes and looking for the clues. Like, I like... I think... Like more, I don't really play them all that often, but more abstract puzzle games. I mean, even mm-hmm. like, like, well, what about closure? Because we we're gonna we plan on talking about that a little bit today too. Yeah, yeah, this other game that you can talk to a lot since you've played it. That game is one I could see myself sitting down and playing for maybe a level or so, getting frustrated as it gets further along <laughs> and it's and it gets yeah, harder. It does get pretty hard, um, and it gets trickier. But see, that's a game where, but that's more of a puzzle game that I would play, or even. What other puzzle games do we have on? Uh, no, I'm blanking, but we don't really have a lot of puzzle games. We don't have too many, but I, I mean, would I would play Closure. So because I wouldn't consider Pac-Man or anything to be a puzzle game. That's you know, no, no. So so so, what do you think about Closure? Because you did you finish? Did you get all the trophies? I, I have one trophy left, and I don't think I'm going to go back and get it. Why not? I don't want to put the time into it. It's not a platinum, and I don't know. I just I'm not feeling it. But Closure is basically it's a it's a game where you're playing with light, so the the it's it's a black and white game, and you're in various backgrounds that are kind of theme based, like a carnival or or the woods or a factory, but they're really creepy. I mean, they're very creative, and you're basically playing with light. And where there's light, it will show like your the ground, like the ground will only appear if there's light shining on it. So you can't go where there's no light, and so the only way to to move around the world. To get basically from point A to point B is to play around with light, and there's there's movable orbs that you can carry around, and there's um, like spotlights that you can rotate on a pivot, and some spotlights they'll only turn on if you have another spotlight shining on it, and there's there's all kinds of different game mechanics, and you have to figure out basically how to get from the starting point to in some cases just to an ending point, and in other cases you have to get from the starting point, pick up a key. And carry the key back with you to a door and and escape that way. So it's 
Some of the puzzles are relatively easy. Um, some of them are extremely complex, requiring as many as 20 different steps where it's like, move to this location, move the light, move to that location, move the light, then go over here, move the light. And it, it got to the point at the very, very end of the game, the last like two or three puzzles that I needed to walk through to solve them. Or I would have been, do I think I would have eventually solved it? Probably. But I didn't have the patience to sit there for over an hour and try and figure it out just to get one puzzle done. Like, it just mm-hmm. wasn't, I, I didn't get the satisfaction out of it. So, mm-hmm. so at the end, I just wanted to finish the game and see. I was, I was intrigued enough that I wanted to see how the puzzle was solved, but I didn't want to put the time and effort into figuring it out. And that, that happened to me on about the last couple, but, but not very many. I mean, for the vast majority of the puzzle, probably 95% of the puzzles I solved on my own. The, so I haven't played the game myself, but I've watched you play, and the art style looks pretty cool. And the music's cool for a while, but it, <laughs> then it gets repetitive after because it's the same, the same tracks that play for all the different. There's each, each theme has each, its own track. Each section of the game has its own track, and they're all I would say all pretty cool. And so I mean I heard a lot yeah, of it because they're, they're when pretty you're, retro, kind of electronic sounding, kind of. And and the art style is cool, but the the. The music starts to grate on you after when you're playing for a long, long time. <laughs> I agree but... with you. I should have put on a podcast or some music, something, just change the, the audio input while I was playing, because there were a few times where it got on my nerves, too. And there's sections of the game where you're actually underwater, and when you're underwater, it distorts the music. And I think that's cool. Purposely. It's cool, but yeah. it's annoying. Like. I I I think it's cool for a while, and then you hit a point where the music, you just hear the same track for... 30 minutes or 20 minutes in a row yeah. and you're like okay i'm done with there's this. this one level where i had to like jump in the water and affix a light like attach a light to a to a essentially like something that would make it stay in one spot mm-hmm. and then go up and get another light and attach it and get up in it so i was like constantly going in and out of the water and man did that get old because <laughs> the sound would be the music would be like normal and then and then like distorted in the normal and then distorted in the, oh yeah i can see where that would be but, I mean, I I don't want to dog on the game. It's actually a really really creative game. It's it's I enjoyed it a lot. We got it for free as PlayStation Plus members. Yeah, so it's a PlayStation uh, Network exclusive, right? It's um, only well, available. It, I think so. It used to be. It actually started off as a Java based uh, PC game that you okay. could play, and then and then eventually. So I think there were about ten levels, the original levels, which are called uh, Purgatory, in in this game. And I, I believe those were Java based. And then the PS3 version now has three worlds, each with 24 levels. So okay. there's, there's quite a few levels to play. Like I said, some you'll blow through really quickly. Others, it might take you a while to to figure out kind of the tricks to get through it. So I mean, it's if if you like solving a puzzle or just even even just try it out for the first couple of levels just to look at you know the uniqueness of it it's if you're a playstation plus member it's worth a free download if it's still i don't know if it's still available i downloaded a while ago i don't know if it's still uh one of the free games you can get if you're a playstation plus member but um it's i don't remember i think it's like it's it's not very expensive if no it's it's, it's probably a ten dollar game 10 to 15 but i think it is a uh, playstation network exclusive where Mm -hmm. there is no disc for it so yeah, it's I don't know. That's that's a game I could see putting like playing for a couple of levels, and I don't know yeah. if I. But I can't see myself getting into it that much. But I think you'd get frustrated. I've I've seen you get frustrated on things. I got frustrated too, but I think I have a little <laughs> bit more patience for that kind of puzzly stuff. And as far as the trophies go, it it doesn't have any platinums. It's got, um, gosh, I think, I think a couple of bronzes and maybe a silver and a gold, and it's basically you you get the first like a couple of trophies just for solving the uh all the all the worlds so you get you get a trophy for the first set of 24 the second set of 24 and the third set of 24 so each of those has a trophy um then there's a trophy when you when you uh finish the remaining 10 in purgatory and i believe that might be a a silver maybe a gold so which is the one that you're and then not going back hidden. to get so there's there's a trophy for collecting all the moths which are they're kind of like these little flutters of light that are in located in some of the levels, but not all of them. And they're they're usually in a spot in the game that you normally wouldn't need to go to to solve it, mm-hmm. or in kind of a harder to reach location. And so you need to um, navigate your way to the moth, so you basically like walk through it, mm-hmm. and then continue on to solve the rest of the puzzle. 
Although, isn't that so now you that you've that solved them, though, level. wouldn't that be easy? But I've, I've solved 80, there's 85 levels. Oh, so, there's a moth in every one? There's not a moth in every one, but the, in some cases it took me a half an hour to solve, even when I knew what I was doing, just because there, there's, there, there's areas where you, like, you can drop off a light to leave a light where it's at, but if you're, like, a smidge off on where you put the light when you go to, go to the next part of the puzzle... You, you don't have enough ground to land on when you jump or you, you can't quite make the jump because the the building that it's shining light on is a little bit too high or whatever. I mean, it's, there's, there's some levels that are really tough because you have to be extremely careful about your placement of where the lights go, like how you're shining the lights or where you put your um, orbs or, you know, whatever it is you're, you're doing and manipulating. They're, they're pretty specific in some cases mm-hmm. and it can get frustrating so yeah i i I don't have that like it's just i don't know how many more moths i have to collect i think probably quite a few mm -hmm. because i think i only got a a couple on the on my first playthrough just by chance so to me it's not worth the time input yeah i I would just be using a walkthrough and there is no platinum for it so that's just a outstanding gold that it or is it a silver i think it's a gold so as you can tell we are we are trophy horrors we try to get for the most part we try to get we try to get all the trophies we can although yeah. Not as much as I mean. There's, I we we don't have platinums in all the games that we that we own, but mm-hmm. no. And there's some games that that'd be a cool topic for another episode. Just to yeah. talk about the tro- the, the platinums that we have, have yeah. the the funnest trophies that we had to go after, the most annoying trophies to go after. Yeah, the, that'd be a fun episode. Yeah. Because there's definitely trophies that you're like, man, I really want to get that, and there's other trophies where you're like, are you kidding me? And <laughs> and the thing is, we're not big multiplayer fans, so. Like the new Tomb Raider that just came out, there's a whole section of multiplayer trophies, and I'm not gonna, probably not gonna get any of them. I might get, I might try out well, the multiplayer. Well, what are they? Because that that leads me to uh, what I wanted to talk about was um, God of War Ascension, which I just platinumed, and it came out in March. It's the sixth God of War game, the second one developed specifically for the PlayStation Three, and there is it's the first God of War that has multiplayer, and it has a it has um, one online trophy. All you have to do is go in to the before you even start doing any multiplayer battles, because the way the multiplayer is just a uh, big arena. Like you saw me play the yeah, I saw it. you saw me play the beta. Mm-hmm. So the 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 betas or the the multiplayer is just um, just a battle arena where you know the last man standing wins and whatnot. But before that, you have to align yourself with one of the mm-hmm. gods. You align yourself with Zeus, and you get and you get like um, like lightning based powers, or your power comes from Zeus, or you can align yourself with Ares. And so I align myself with Ares, and all you have to do is just do the tutorial that is with with that part so you start you load up the multiplayer portion if it's the first time you go and you align with a god you go through a little tutorial to learn how to fight and then you um then then you leave and and trophy, and, and trophy pops and it's the only multiplayer trophy so yeah. no tomb raiders got quite a few i i haven't gone through the list of them i just you know did a real quick scope out for what the trophies are because yeah I, but what are they though i mean are some like beat so many like do so many well, I, first I know of you, all, you what have, are the what some are the of them you have games? to like level up and but i'm not entirely sure like i said i haven't i haven't really researched much into it because i'm not a big multiplayer player but i do know that a couple of them you have to like level up to a certain level or play yeah that's annoying because that means you actually or... have to play it for a little while to level up it's a, yeah. that's why like uncharted i remember i think it was uncharted 2 uncharted 1 didn't have, have multiplayer but uncharted 2 did and i think there was just one multiplayer trophy if i remember right. right and you just had to log in or you had to do the same you just had to play one multiplayer match that was it yeah. you didn't have to win or anything so you did then then you get that trophy that's a easy one and then uncharted 3 has a bunch of multiplayer trophies though doesn't but yeah, it multi- uh, does it? I'm not sure. Uncharted 3, I played and I had all those glitches, mm-hmm. you know, so it yeah. really bogged the game down. I was having a lot of glitches right. where the game would freeze and the audio would freeze and that would eventually cause the game to crash and have yeah, to restart Yeah, I remember it. you debated about just not giving up on the game and not even playing it. Yeah, and I mean, the game You eventually is, did make it through. The game but... is awesome, and we thought it might have had to do... or. I just was looking on forums and trying to figure out what was going on, and yep. there was a limited amount of people who were having problems. It didn't really seem to affect that many people, but I think I you turned off the online, like just well, I turned online, off the online, and part of part of um, 
what I thought could be the problem, because some people said in forums that this was the problem, was that we had swapped out the hard drive for the the we had yeah we, we took had, out the the stock hard drive yeah we had just gotten our old PS3 um, died on us and so we got the um, uh, new PS3 and it only came with shoot I don't, I don't remember what I think the, it was sixty. 60 or 80 something so we swapped it out with a bigger hard drive 320 gig and there was some reports that that just swapping out the hard drive having it not be the stock hard drive for whatever reason was causing problems so that's why i actually ended up putting the original back in and that's what and the size that we have in there is the is the original size Mm -hmm. and um so but i don't think uncharted 3 i don't remember i didn't really do much with the multiplayer on uncharted 3 because you're right we don't try to play too much multiplayer and that's why it's annoying when there's when there's the multiplayer, I don't. The ones where it's just go in and play one match, though, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind but that it, either. But if, it, but if it's like you start off at level one and it's get a trophy, if you, you know it's level up to level ten, or yeah. those are annoying. Because I mean, and th- then this is a topic for another episode. Because I know there's other things that we wanted to talk about today, movies wise and and whatnot. But I'd like to have a conversation about just multiplayer and the direction it's going in games in general, because. I am not a big multiplayer fan unless it's same couch multiplayer. Like when you can well, we're when you can old... jump in and play some Lego Batman or you know Lego whatever with me. I I like that where you can jump in and jump out. We're but... still old school in that way where we want to play multiplayer on with with people on the couch. And part of the part of I recognize part of the issue is is we don't have a whole lot of friends or family who are big gamers, and so we don't have people to get on and play play with and so we just get on and and playing with randoms isn't yeah. as fun if 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 we had a good group of friends or a good group of family members who we could get on with and you yeah. know play some multiplayer against people we knew i mean even then you have to arrange a time to meet like okay we're gonna play at eight o'clock and then you're on a schedule and i mean you and i are not the kind of people who like to make commitments to times and dates on things no i mean and even like, your brother had um grand theft auto 4 yeah. and i actually and there was some novelty with it when we first that was like the first online multiplayer that we ever did and there well you know, that was kind of fun at first but grand theft auto 4 was one that's like one of the exceptions to the rules i actually loved i yeah. played the hell out of the multiplayer on there i and leveled you up you did play some ghostbusters multiplayer too i did sort of there was a few trophies for that that i wanted to get plus i enjoyed the ghostbusters uh video game it didn't do all that well um but I I enjoyed the Ghostbusters, and so I I did play some online. And now I logged in a few months ago and was going to go after another trophy that I hadn't gotten in a while, or that I hadn't gotten. And the servers there is really nobody playing that yeah, game so online really anymore. Tough. But so so I wanted to go back to God of War Ascension, and because that's what I've been playing, mm-hmm. I just platinum that a weekend or two ago, and that game is really fun. I really enjoy all of the God of Wars, but the the thing is, is I recognize that they're all essentially the same. You played one God of War, you you essentially played them all. Yeah, I mean the In graphics get gameplay, progressively better, but it, yeah, yeah. Well, not necess- not necessarily because if you play, if you've never played any of the PSP games, and then you buy the um. Yeah, the the collection for the PS3. Yep. You know you might you know, you know you, you could go from God of War three down to these God of War Origins, and then the, you have P. They they've been upres so that the textures yeah. are better. They but clearly they, are not. It's the still same. not. It's still not yeah. PS3. I would say it's. I would say they're about on par with God of War one though, which is uh, you know God of War one and two are PS2 titles. Yeah, so. yeah. I I would agree with you that they're on par. I mean the the graphics themselves are a little bit bigger. Like when you're doing the action sequences with with uh, push button sequences, and it shows you like push triangle or circle mm-hmm. or whatever. I think the buttons that they show are a little bit bigger than what you would see in like a normal game, and I think maybe that's just to make sure that you can visually, you know, see it really well on a PSP screen. Mm-hmm. But they don't, you know, they don't adjust for that when you're playing it on a regular TV. So and I mean, I think there's there's just subtle things like that with the the user interface kind of stuff that are unique to those games because actually, they were made for PSP. Not really. I mean, and I, they. I, I don't know. I didn't play it. You played it, <laughs> but I wa- I watched you play it. I saw a lot of it. So no, and those games are very cinematic. I mean, the set pieces are always very large, anyways. And no, actually, if you didn't know that um, God of War, uh, Change of Olympus, and God of War and Ghost of Sparta were P- originally PSP games, and you just played the the PS3 versions, you mm-hmm. know, they fit right in with the you know. Um, the PS1, mm-hmm. uh, the original... PS1 uh, or PS2? Or PS2. Yeah. The the God of War 1 
yeah. and God of War 2. I, the graphics aren't as good as God of War 2, but I, I'd say they're pretty comparable to mm-hmm. God of War 1. Yeah, I but, still need to play those PSP games. But going back to this, yeah, and I have the Platinums for all the God of Wars, and just because... That 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 game is it's a it's a button masher, but they're very they're very pretty games. They're games that have really cool set pieces. Really, you're fighting some pretty cool. Yeah, you're always fighting cool bosses and whatnot. So Ascension was more of the same. I really liked it, except that the the, the they changed up the mechanics a little bit, and it took me a little while to get used to it. So the mm-hmm. the magic usually in God of War, you you know, you get. Um, you level up and get new abilities as well as new magic kind of simultaneously. Maybe you'll find a, a spot that gives you new yeah. magic. and yeah, then you you'll get find... new melee abilities plus your magic. Yeah, and so in this game, you don't get... Like, like you heard me complain about it. You don't get... Um, you, have to, you have to level up oh, a weapon all the way, and then the last level is a magic power yeah. that's associated with that so, so the magic's of... associated with your weapon as opposed to you generating the magic yeah and i guess maybe that's their way of limiting kratos while still allowing him to do things since he's not yet a god i mean since this is a prequel they probably are trying to come up with a way to to make it different since well, he hasn't you know i i i mean yeah there's that but I, I think they're just trying to change it up and and do something different and i it, it was okay the other thing that really annoyed me I don't know if it's just me just not being... I mean, I think I'm a pretty a decent God of War player, but I feel like just the gameplay just wasn't as fluid and smooth, not in terms of the frame rate or anything, but just, just in terms of the fighting, because I feel mm-hmm. like... I feel like the... Like the move combinations? No. How we would string them I, together? I feel like in other games... The in all the God of War games, the um the attacks are all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, triangle is a heavy attack and square is a light attack, and they're all pretty much the same. And the combos, yeah, circle you grab. They're all yeah, they're all pretty much the same. But in this game, I feel like they just were they the enemies would block a lot more, which which just sounds like me being annoyed because the the bosses are a little harder. But it's just when you've played five games and they you get used to the the block or you know when. Yeah, when... which types of characters block and how often they block. Because you normally like... don't run into characters that block until you get further on in the it game. It seemed like every single character on my first playthrough was blocking. And it just, it, it just didn't make the... I just mm-hmm. didn't play very smoothly, or, I felt like. Or and you get I... the kinds that have shields and the only way to beat them up is to rip their shield off first. Yeah, and those aren't bad just because you know they have a shield. So so you so you you know that they're going to block and whatnot. But other... Other... Ty- other uh bosses or not not even bosses just regular just regular guys you got to fight they would just my hits would just bounce off them for whatever reason and that was really annoying and i mean it's kind of a minor complaint and i didn't really seem to have that problem on my second playthrough though when i played through on hard to get the platinum actually mm-hmm. so i think i'd gotten used to it i mean to to be, i i think i just gotten used to the way the game played versus because it, yeah. it it does play different than the others just just because of that magic component and you have all like you're you have four different weapons and you actually need to use them for and you need to use them versus in the other god of war games i pretty much just always stick to the blades of chaos and... yeah i mean I, I change it out every now and then i never used that like hammer thing because he just moves so slowly with it yeah that i just never used that one but Very i enjoy rarely. the game the the story of ascension isn't up there with any of the main God of War games, I would say it's just as good as the the PSP the PSP games. I mean, it isn't a core it it, it isn't a core numbered title. It's a prequel, so they had to things just weren't going to be as epic as the other games. And it was yeah. it was kind of cool. You fight you you fight the Furies are the main antagonists of the games. They're just not as cool as I mean. You go from the last big PS3 game. For God of War was fighting all the gods, and this yep. one you just go to fighting these furies. And I think the story—I know a little bit about Greek mythology, but the games have always been told so that you don't really have to know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the game doesn't really explain very well who the furies are mm-hmm. um, exactly. And so then you're kind of trying to your your antagonists are are bad guys that you don't exactly know. They're why Kratos is going after him other than the backstory that they give and what I actually have to praise is the uh the cutscenes in this so there's, there's two different types there's there's the just the in-game cutscenes and then there's then there's the um 
and the cutscenes that tell backstory, and those are done in a really awesome, cool art style. So, so you should definitely check out the game. But I know you're a little behind with your, with your video games. Yeah. So what uh, what game do you think is going to be next on your list? I know you mentioned Red Dead Redemption. Well, I'm I I need to finish Star Wars um, Force Unleashed two. So I'm I'm playing through that. I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. Which is I we got it as a gift, so it's. I don't feel it bad because I we didn't spend our own money on it. I got it as I believe got it as a Christmas gift, but it's not as good as um as Force Unleashed One. Is it a storyline problem, a game mechanic problem? Kind of a storyline. It just don't. It's just not gripping me. It's just not. I, I just don't care what's going what's what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. I I kind of plot along. It's kind of cool. It's always kind of cool to be in a Star Wars universe, and you have you have ad- adaptations of John Williams music that's going on, and so yeah. it's always. It's always kind of cool to go into a Star Wars universe, but I, I just don't care about what's going on that much. And whereas in number one, I I did, and the graphics are definitely better in Force in Force Unleashed two than they mm-hmm. are in Force Unleashed one. So I'm playing through Force Unleashed two, as I said, and then I think the next new game that I'm going to start would probably be um, Red Dead Redemption. Although I I, gotta, I look forward to seeing you play that. I gotta say, on um, Tomb Raider. Really looks intriguing, but that's your game. You got that for your birthday. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome to play it, but it's always nice to not play it until after I'm done. Yeah, Tomb Raider. It's, it's weird. To... Yeah, well, I wouldn't want the. It's it's your game, so I'll let you play it first. But that's definitely my style game. My style yeah. games are third person action adventure games. Yeah, I mean, that's Un- what I like too. Uncharted's God God of War's, um, the Infamouses. Those are those are all my style of games. And yep, I like those too. I'm a little. It's going to be tough. I'm going to do it, but it's going to be tough not, like, when the PS4, the um, the new Infamous game, yeah. Second Son, is going to be a PS4 launch title, and we're not going to get it. We're not going to get a PS4 at launch, but it'll be, it's kind of, I knowing that there's this next-gen God of War, or um, Inf- Infamous game, I, I, I know I'm going to want to play it. The thing but... is, there's enough other games out there to keep you busy, and we'll dedicate another podcast to talking about upcoming games what we're looking forward to because i think we could spend another half an hour oh for sure going through what what we're looking forward to playing in new games that are, are not yet released for 2012 2013 there's a lot of them so so i think I, we'll table that for another day yeah yeah we'll table and, and that. same with tomb raider because i'm only about an hour in yeah it's we'll, beautiful we'll, but other than that i'm not yeah, the, prepared to critique it in any way the graphics yet. look pretty awesome for that yeah so. i mean the reviews for it are really great so if you're curious about that but as far as my opinion goes, I'm not into it far enough yet, other than to say that the graphics are great. So I wanted the movie um, talk that I wanted to talk about was mostly Man of Steel related. So, but was there any comic talk that we wanted to to do today? I don't since we since our last podcast, I haven't read much. I've read the Turtles issues, but those are issues that you read as well. So I don't really want to talk about those until you read them. The the Krang, yeah, villains micro series and Turtles twenty one. All I can say is if you're not reading Daredevil, you need to pick it up because it's it's fantastic. And this latest issue of Daredevil is really really good. Um, I'm enjoying the arc that's going on right now, and it's it's fun. It's colored well. It's drawn well, and it's it's just a different format for Daredevil. It's different from what we've seen over the last ten years. So it's it's great. It's only about twenty four issues. Is Mark Way still writing it? Yes. So. So he's been on it for anything. Is there like any major story arcs going on? I mean, you can spoil the hell out of it because I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not you, as much as much as you praise it. I I don't think I'm gonna read it. I don't know. I just like I said. Like I think we talked about one of the earlier episodes. I I read issue one. It didn't do anything for me. I don't think I'm gonna read it. So you can spoil what's going on. I mean, on, the, or... the main story arc that's going on right now is that there's there's an unknown. Uh, villain who's I mean it's, it's kind of classic Daredevil but there's there's a villain who's kind of acting as puppet master who's hiring various other villains of both new new villains and former villains of Daredevils to come and try and basically make his life a living hell is it is is it a classic villain or is it a brand new villain or um we don't know it hasn't been revealed yet and it's been going on for several issues now it's somebody who's kind of playing puppet master and he's he's hired a few different other villains, uh, one of which is Spot, who who has been a former villain of Daredevil, Daredevil's before. But wasn't he the guy who was in Daredevil number one by Mark Wade? Um, I think so. I remember there was. I, re- I remember the issue involved that somebody who could. Well, they had like a weird power. They could something with their. They could like. Face through walls or something. Yeah. Or, yep. So, yep. 
yeah, that's the same guy. So it's it's just really fun and, and interesting, and and it's got some of the old tropes of Daredevil, where it's it's putting Matt Murdock slash Daredevil through a living hell and and slowly making him suffer kind of like a psychological battle as well as a physical battle but it's it's a little bit more upbeat and it's just it's more fun so i'll leave it at that but i I really definitely recommend it all right all right so until next month that's our our daredevil talk so what have i read i think i have to give a shout out to superman family adventures which just wrapped up issue 12 i think it was last week that issue 12 came out or maybe it was the week before well we hadn't recorded uh, or it was after we recorded our last episode. Yeah, so it must so have been last week. Must have been last week, and that was so. That's the last issue of the series, and it's a shame because that series is excellent. I don't know what the sales numbers are. I could look them up, but it was I'm it wasn't doing well. I'm sure. I mean, that's why they yeah. canceled it. And um, it's just DC's version of not doing well it could be, you know, Image's version of doing very well or whatever. Mm, you know, they're it. Well, actually, speaking of that, I just saw today that for April's numbers. Um, Image was doing is doing huge with um, Walking Dead, which is of course going to be huge. It's been doing it's been doing huge. But I mean, it's it's right up there ranking with with some of the top DC and Marvel books. But Saga is also oh, wow. pulling in gigantic numbers. Good. So those two books are really uh, pulling Image and getting getting some big numbers. I don't know exactly where they fell on the chart because I know every single month you don't follow comic book resources, do you? I do. Do you? Online or through my yeah my reader? through the, through the yeah. RSS. So you well they release they always release well you never read their numbers then do you each month? Sometimes I do and sometimes it. I don't. Oh, so this month like just today they released the numbers and um I didn't did they release the raw numbers? I'm I'm not sure but I read the article itself and so Walking Dead and Saga are doing really well but I don't know the sales I'm sure are lower than other. I mean the yeah. I mean the the top selling books of of April were Age of Ultron related, so I think three out of the top five were Age of Ultron. Oh, uh, okay. And I think Thanos Rising was in, was in the top ten also. So Marvel Marvel had a big presence in in the top books for for the month. But going back to Superman Family Adventures, so issue number twelve wrapped every wrapped it up. But it's a little annoying because the first nine issues or so of the title. Nine or ten issues. Hey! Our dogs are going a little crazy. Our dogs are being crazy. <laughs> but the first nine or ten issues were paced pretty well. Even though this is a book written for children, it was definitely had in-jokes for adults. Not adult humor as in raunchy, but just if you've seen all the the, the Superman movies and, mm-hmm. and you're familiar with references from other media that adults would be familiar with because they've just been around long yeah. enough to to have read or seen the material. It's like experiential based jokes. Yeah, yeah, or just in jokes and oh I remember when that, you know, yeah. the Jorel said that in Superman the movie or stuff like that, but the first 9 or 10 issues were paced very well where everything nothing was too fast, it wasn't too slow, but story Were they all like one story arc or multiple? Um it was usually there was one storyline per issue, but because I mean that's that's what a kid's attention attention span is pretty much yeah. you know an issue. But, oh, my attention span! I have a hard time remembering month to month sometimes. But so. there was overarching uh, like plot threads that mm-hmm. actually would go through. Um, for instance, there was um, Superman was able to get his his mother out of the Phantom Zone, which is actually a big departure from any other in- incarnation of Superman. Is that his? He actually. His mother was alive and well, and she got he got her out of the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. and so she was just living with the rest of everybody else. Um, and so, where was I going with that? You were just talking about the pacing. Oh yeah, and so she was pulled out, and so she would be that she would be in the next issue. I mean, just things that if yeah. if something happened or in issue one, they Lex Luthor had a uh, a little. It was like a, a bug that was, or I believe it was like a little super bug that was working for Lex Luthor. Then it, it ended up switching sides and he was always around throughout the rest of the issues. So there wasn't much continuity, but there was, there was some, but the issues I think were paced well, but once they found it's my interpretation that once they found out they were being canceled, the last few issues really felt rushed. Issue 12 mm. just felt like it crammed in what they probably would have set up for two or three issues. Yeah. That's, that's um, unfortunate way to end a book. I mean, it, at least there was enough, maybe notice to the 
writer and the artist to be able to wrap it up in some way. I mean, I think it might have been worse had they just had to end it in the middle of an arc. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunate to take a good book like that. And I, I know you're enjoying it because I've heard you praise it several times in different It was occasions. the best Superman book on the stands for for the whole time I think it was being printed. Yeah. I enjoyed it more than Action Comics and Superman. Maybe Although, there's hope for Superman Unchained? I am. Yeah, I, I'll talk about that briefly, I guess. Cause, um, but just to wrap up uh, Superman Family Adventures, it was fantastic. I definitely would like to pick up the uh, hardcover Although I'd like, it's only twelve issues, so I'd like to pick up one volume. But they've already solicited um, a hardcover of issues one through six, uh, just like they like because six issues is what the typical trade is yeah, now. Yeah, it is. So maybe I'm hoping at some point they'll release. I don't release... like that, by the way. I think six issues for a trade isn't enough. Yeah, yeah, I agree. For fifteen bucks, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's me being cheap, but I put ten issues in a trade. Well, the thing is, is they usually do a storyline now and. That well, I mean, it all—it's kind of a circular thing. They're writing for, they're writing for trades. So the trades are—they know a trade is going to have about six issues. So they write a storyline that's got the storyline's got six issues. So then you can put a whole arc yeah. in a. But what in if they trade. decide to go to a trade, make a trade four issues? Are they going to write for four issue arcs, or are they going to write eight issue arcs? And I don't. You got to buy two trades. You I know? don't think I'm, anybody's. I. I mean, I can't imagine that the standard being four issues. Now, if there's a four issue storyline, because I mean, you still do get the. Two issue storyline, three issue, four issue storyline. Yeah, so I mean, With so, you, and then and then a trade will throw in a one shot here or there. So know? if so if if there's a four issue storyline, I could you know you might put out just those four issues in a trade, um, just to collecting that storyline. I mean, it's essentially like Hit Girl. Yeah. No. Well, Hit Girl's five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's other. I mean, it's it's not uncommon that if there's a four issues, or at least it, I mean, I have some issue some trades from back in the day. I know that I have. Let's see here. I think, um, like the. JLA, the Justice League title written by Grant Morrison in the mid '90s. I didn't read much of that title, but I have the trade of the first arc, and I think that's only four issues. Yeah, and I guess but, when you think about it, but I got that back it, when I was, you know, we were, I was pretty young. I was ten or eleven when that came out. It's still and, 120 pages, so I guess I, I should be happy with that. Well, no, I mean four issue. Oh, a six, six issue, a six issue trade is still 120. You know, it's more than 120 pages, so I should be happy with that. Yeah, but so I guess I'm just not. <laughs> so wrapping up what I read, I, I I just finished up reading Ghostbusters issue three, and it was it was good. This title just cons- it's never great. It's just consistently plodding along. It's pl- mm-hmm. it's 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 good. I mean, there's nothing great about it. I think the art is always as usual. The art and coloring are good. They have these. They have a two issue. The last three issues ever since they started volume two have had these two page backup stories. That are it's I feel like it's dumb a two it's just you 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 don't get any story it's um it's 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 actually set in the continuity of the real Ghostbusters which is the real Ghostbusters is in the cartoon the eighties cartoon yeah do you do you remember that or do mm-hmm. you know that that's what it was called it was called the real Ghostbusters yep did you know that it was called real Ghostbusters I think I did <laughs> like, I've seen it you're nodding but I know you're not a Ghostbusters fan so. I've seen the but I've seen the cover like I knew I knew the real Ghostbusters was like an added bonus yeah those, but did you know it was episodes. based on a cartoon no I guess I didn't I hadn't thought about it really I didn't commit much thought to that well like, that's why I'm explaining it but you were just kind of like uh-huh yeah but <laughs> well the listeners can't see me nodding my head I think that essentially means I don't care. I'm just waiting till we move on to the next topic. I care. <laughs> no, but so they have a two issue backup that's just been I think really dumb. Not that the story is dumb, just the two pages they don't do anything with it. And I mean, it's not that even that they do it. Just that it's in, hard to do much of anything. That's with what two I mean. Pages. You can't really do much with it in 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 general. So it's hard to do anything with it. So I wish they would just kind of cut it out or make it. Uh, co-feature so it's it's half the book or a quarter of yeah. the book instead of just being two pages long so, yeah but, that's not um, much because you don't get a lot of panels but i'm behind on a bunch of stuff i need to read oh me too but i also am still in the nebulous trying to decide if i'm actually gonna hold on to a bunch of issues and let them let things stack up and read it like i would read a trade or what i'm yeah. gonna do there so i've kind of let stuff stack up not purposely just because i've been busy with other life other life events so, I mean, if if I go through the list of titles that I'm reading that I'll eventually want to talk about on, on the podcast, I'm reading New Avengers, what I've read so far, I'm really liking. I'm reading uh, All New X-Men, I'm loving that, but I'm several issues behind. And then I've also been reading Uncanny Avengers, which it's keeping my interest, but I'm kind of on the fence about it. 
I've been reading Avengers, which hasn't been keeping my interest, so I'm probably about five issues behind on that, so maybe it will mm-hmm. keep my interest now. You know, so I've, I've got a number of things, and I've I've been kicking around the idea of picking up Indestructible Hulk, which is not real far along. I mean, it's less than 12 issues, and mm-hmm. I think it's I think they just had maybe issue 10 come out. And I've just been hearing really great things about that, and it's another Mark Wade comic. And with as much as I'm liking Daredevil, it, I feel mm-hmm. like I want to pick that up. I've never read Hulk before, and then I'm also reading Hawkeye, and I'm, I'm really liking that too, which was not a character that I anticipated that I would like. But again, I heard a lot of good things about it. Actually, I've been reading that since issue one, just because I was so intrigued by the art when they showed it at C2E2 last year. Mm-hmm. So C2E2 advertising, it reeled me in. So so I'll briefly touch on uh, Superman Unchained since you mentioned it. There isn't much to know. It, it's the title starting I next... I know nothing about it other than it's coming out. <laughs> it's the title started by... Or it's it's going to be by Scott Snyder, who's currently writing... Uh, is it Batman or, De- or Detective Comics? I'm not sure. He's, he's he's either on Batman or Detective Comics. He's he's written the um, Court of the Owl storyline. They got big acclaim for Batman last... Um, it was it was last year, and so he's also writing uh, Animal Man, and I really enjoyed the 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 Animal Man the the first arc all the way up through Rot World, so that was cool. And then it's going to be done by Jim Lee, who I like Jim Lee's art. He's uh, mm-hmm. pretty. I like Jim it's, Lee's it's, art. It's pretty divisive, where people either love him or hate him, but I really like him. So I like it too. I'm looking forward to the title. It starts next month. I think it starts the, the Wednesday before Man of Steel comes out. Go figure. Um. There's no, like, zero issue starting off even earlier than that to kind of lead in. No. It's not going to be kind of a prequel to the movie. No, it has nothing to do with the movie at all. It's not. It has nothing to do with the continuity of the movie. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll be in the New 52 outfit. Um, okay. So it has nothing to do with the movie. Um, and But they but the cool thing is is this this uh, week they just – this year is Superman's 75th anniversary. I, I, was, yep. I was telling you about that a few days ago. Yeah. April nineteen thirty eight is when is when Action Comics number one came out. It has a cover date of June of nineteen thirty eight. So a lot of times people think of June mm-hmm. as being the the June nineteen thirty eight or is June being the month that Superman yeah. started. But it, it it actually was April, and they've actually um, there's a court document somewhere because there's a lot of legal stuff going on with Superman and the Seagulls and Schusters, um, the cases with them, and so there's um it came out. I don't, it, 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 it actually wasn't that recently, but there was, it came out in the court document that April 18th was the release date. Because they, cause they didn't keep great records back then, so yeah. for a little while it was unknown exactly the date that Action huh. Comics number 1 came out. But it's on file um, in, a, in a court document that it actually was April 18th, so then now that's the date that people use. Um, and then the, the funny side note is, I don't even think you know this, but um, a lot of people also consider... Um, leap day, so February twenty ninth, as mm-hmm. being Superman's birthday as well. I didn't know that. Not, and that's his fictional birthday. Like April is what people consider to be like in real life. It was like you know, actually yeah, the birth of years. Superman. But the there comic. was there's been a couple of storylines or that have where writers have actually written that his birthday was February twenty ninth. Huh. Um, I think that that's a pre crisis idea because I haven't. I actually haven't read it myself. Where the origin of um, his February twenty ninth being being his birthday, but I know that that's it's it's uh there it's there in the uh, mythology of the character somewhere. So that's kind of yeah. a piece of trivia that's kind of cool. I've never but... really thought about it, and to be honest with you, I don't know if I know the technical birth date of any superhero. The only one that like, I know thinking is back. I mean, I I can't recall ever really even reading that. The only one that I know is Superman, and because it's it's been talked about, and I've I've heard it before that it's. It's just, and it's kind of a unique date. I don't know who picked that. I don't, I don't yeah. know which writer. I sh- I sh- I should look that up. But th- just this, just this week, actually, I think yesterday. So that would have been, um, for those of you who are listening in the future, that would have been um, May sixth. May sixth. So today's. Oh, it would have been Monday. I was like, what day is today? Today's <laughs> Tuesday. So they released um, a bunch of variant covers for. Uh, Superman Unchained. Yeah, I saw that. That's and I'm cool. usually not into variant covers, but man, like there's ten variant covers, and they all look cool. I agree. It's like I know that I want to get. I mean, and I'm not sure how. And they're easy really to... commemorative. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, because they're awesome covers. All the covers are essentially um, paying homage to various 
various periods in the in 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 Superman's history. So there's a cover by Bruce Timm from the 1930s, and that depicts Superman in the air in the 1930s. Then there's Superman in the, in the 40s, and there's one there's a cover from the 70s and a cover from the from the 90s, and so just covers. Covers that are all depicting all the different yeah, eras. and they're all unique because it's it's the different looks of Superman throughout the ages. It's and, pretty awesome. And they're done and done in the art style by the done in the art style that they, they were drawn in then. Yeah, which is cool for the most part. the The 1930s one, which is actually the coolest cover, which is the cover I'd like to get, isn't really this art style isn't really what Superman looked like in the 1930s. But yeah. he's depicted actually fighting the robots that he fought in one of the um flesher superman shorts from like the theatrical shorts you've yeah. seen me you've seen those. Uh-huh. those those are the shorts that i have on the yep. the superman blu-rays i'm glad that yeah it's the ruby spears no <laughs> oh the ruby that's that's different there's been three different superman three different superman um animated superman specific animated because there was the super friends and there's been but in the 1940s there, there was the seventeen Flesher cartoon shorts. These were shorts that were shown in the theater. Okay, yeah, I remember seeing those and now. I have they're on the right now. I have them. They're on the on the Blu-ray box set. I remember set. seeing it now. Yep. Then there's the there's a there's a nineteen sixties Superman cartoon. I have that as well. They released a DVD of they released the DVDs of that back in I think two thousand six, two thousand seven. Actually, around the time we got married. And then there was the, um. The Ruby Spears '88 series or the '88 cartoon from the uh, the Saturday morning cartoon, which is that those are the DVDs yeah. that I and just bought. And I guess bought. I thought that you were referring to that because that's what we're watching right now. Then there's the actually there's four because then there's the the Superman Adventures done by Bruce Tim, which is uh, started in '96. So mm-hmm. there's been a few different Superman animated series, but. But um, so going back to the covers, though, they all look really awesome. I'd like to actually usually very usually variant covers never get me, but I would I want to get them all. Those but are I'm, pretty cool. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not going to, but I definitely want to get the cover depicting the 1930s. Um, yeah, I I like that one a lot. And I I, I like, I the like one that by... they didn't just do a reprint of Action Comics number one. Oh yeah, that would because that would have been too easy. That would have been too easy, and... or even Superman number one because that's yeah. a pretty iconic cover as well. It is. You're probably not as familiar with it. It has Superman sort of posing up above the city, kind of in a. You would probably recognize the image if I showed mm-hmm. it to you, but it's kind of a cool, iconic image they could have um, took from that as well. And they didn't. They're all pretty unique. Even the. So the other one that I think is really cool is the, since it's 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 my era Superman, but the the cover by Dan Jurgens depicting Su- Superman standing over. Um, Doomsday's body mm-hmm. holding the American flag, drawn by Dan, Dan Jurgens, who did the, you know, the Death of Superman story arc. He did. Yep. He was like he was essentially the, the, one of the primary Superman writing writers during the nineties. Mm-hmm. So, all those look pretty cool. I agree. I I saw them today, and I think they look pretty cool too. So we'll wrap up with some Man of Steel movie talk. I I think. Next episode, or maybe the episode after that, we'll have an entire episode just reviewing and talking about the summer movies we've seen so far. So far, we've seen, what have we seen? Oblivion, Pain and Gain, um, Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. 3. And by was, the time we record this, we'll have seen a couple more. I think it was another, yeah, by the time, well, by the time we, we record that review episode, what I, th- what I think we'll actually yeah, probably I mean, I think Oz was kind of one of the first, well, was that really a movie of the summer? Yeah, I, mean, I would count that. I mean, it came out in April. I mean, I would say if we're counting... April movies, April and on, we'll count as summer. We'll count as mm-hmm. summer stuff, spring summer stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll so have a few more by the time we'll we probably have to have record. I figure we'll probably have like two episodes. You know, a summer part one talking about movies we've seen, and then the summer part two, mm-hmm. and then because um, I feel like we have enough that after this next weekend, if we go seeing, if we go see the Great Gatsby. You know, we'll have a, yeah. a number of movies to talk about. Then, yeah, I know you're not looking forward to the Great Gatsby, but I, I really am. Looking forward to to seeing that. I'm, and and part of what I'm the reason I'm looking forward to it is not the storyline itself. It's the fact that it's being done in kind of a Moulin Rouge esque, big grandiose, but isn't kind that of how a party the book atmosphere. Is? is isn't that how the original book is? I haven't read the original book, 
But I, there's the Great Gatsby has been made into multiple movies. I mean, I think there's at least two or three other incarnations out there. And anytime I've seen them, they've just looked stuffy, very Pride and Prejudice-y, very Rudy Tootie, you know. This one looks fun. This one looks like Roaring Twenties done in a fun way. I th- and the other movies just haven't appealed to me at all. Now, do you want to see it in 3D or not? I no, think it was. I've, I I think it was filmed in 3D though. So it's always my rule to generally try to see it the way it was filmed. If, if it, it was, was filmed in 3D, then I would go for it. But if there's any kind of conversion, then I I don't have a desire to see it in 3D. You... My my so my original gut was to say no. But if it was filmed that way, then I could see seeing it in 3D because I mean Moulin Rouge would have been phenomenal in 3d I we'll bet. have to we'll have to double check but i think great gatsby was actually filmed in 3d and not converted i mean if that's the case then i could see you know filming it it's just all the posters that have come well, which out which would you want to do I if mean, it was filmed gotta, in 3d i'd go see you, it in 3d you gotta decide in a few days at least. i do yeah so okay well we'll probably see it in 3d then i'll see it in its native form so okay so going over to man of steel news so let's see here the last few earlier this week was it even was it yesterday or something so yesterday was Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it might have been yesterday that the third TV spot mm-hmm. was released. And that, I mean, I'm loving every piece of marketing they're putting on. I'm just eating everything up. And and every TV spot's coming out with new posters, too. Well, they're not tied specifically to the TV spots. No, but, I mean, there are new posters coming out. It seems like on the same day as TV spots. Well, not there was a new, there was a new poster today actually. Yeah. No, I mean, kind of like a zoomed out version of him flying. They're just they're just um, they're they're just ramping up. I think to all the marketing. Although I feel like it's got to even though it shouldn't slow down because you want it to keep going. I don't. They can't keep releasing. Yeah, I mean, there's still TV. a whole month. Because so they released a TV spot yesterday that was just really awesome. And it shows a lot more action. It showed even even more so than the three minute trailer from a few weeks ago. I think this trailer, this little thirty minute spot, showed yeah thirty second spot. Just showed how much action there's going to be. There's just a lot. It looks like there's a lot of carnage, a lot of action. Yeah, which we haven't seen in a in a, in a Superman movie. So Do we know how long this movie's going to be. I think yeah, the the run two and a half two and hours. A half? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think the runtime would have to be. I just we we've talked about this. I think you and I outside of the podcast, um, but they're setting up so much, and I I honestly don't think this is going to happen in the movie. But I could see if they're if they weren't careful about how this movie was written, I could see it having the problem that Green Lantern had. What are they setting up though? We actually haven't talked about this, so this is well, great. We'll talk about it I, now. I presume there's going to be some kind of... Well, I mean, based on the footage, you can tell there's some kind of an origin, but it might be pretty minimal, what we see on Krypton. And then there's going to be a, a childhood phase. Clearly, there's there's events that happen uh, in Clark Kent's life as a kid. That's that's clear from all the spots that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And Pa Kent is, is uh, pretty evident. I mean, he's going to have a role in this for sure. And then... There's Superman in his kind of wayward traveling days. So all of that is exposition, which I think is, is going to be really interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. But then you have all the Zod stuff, which is all the action that you're referring to. And so, I mean, you've got the makings of two very different tonal tone sections. Well, I think... And that was the problem with Green Lantern. There's been a lot of... Well, no, I wouldn't say that's necessarily the... Maybe, maybe, I don't, we don't really have time to go into... Green Lantern right now. I don't think the problem that a lot of people have with Green Lantern is that it was tonally felt no, like it was, two it was different. Pacing, pacing, than, and pacing I think more than a lot tone. of people had a problem with parallax, and then it's just a big cloud. Yeah, and that was yeah. I, I can a lot see of people had problems with that. But um, we'll just have to see about the about Man of Steel. I mean, I would say that Superman the movie, which is my favorite movie, has all of those sections. It's got the mm-hmm. the Krypton section. It's got the Smallville section. It's got yeah, and it's a fantastic movie. But a lot of people do say. I mean, even even the creators, um, Richard Donner and even Tom Mankiewicz, who is credit creative consultant, even say that you know it's like three different movies in one mm-hmm. for Superman the movie. But for Man of Steel, I think that well, there's a lot of speculation because it was it was written by David Goyer, who also wrote um, um, and uh, well co-wrote I think with Christopher Nolan's brother all the. The, the the Dark Knight trilogy movies. Okay. So there's a lot of speculation that this movie is gonna follow a Batman Begins style structure where the the flash where it isn't told linearly. Where okay. in in Batman Begins, there everything's told in flashbacks throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It intercuts with the well for them. It yeah, 
it's it's still pretty linear linear actually in Batman Begins, but it's still there's a lot of there's a lot of flashbacks and there's a lot of there's the time, there's playing with time a little bit. So it could be that Man of Steel opens with him on the shipping yard and and doing and the ship and there so it starts with that and then he flashes back to some memories when he was a child and then yeah. it flashes to that and then maybe maybe we won't even get the the anything with Krypton and Superman leaving Krypton until Zod comes in and Zod actually fills in the backstory. I mean, yeah. it could be told I mean, in that we'll, non-linear fashion. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm I'm not a skeptic. From everything I've seen, the footage looks fantastic. I mean, this looks like it's got the makings to be a really, really good movie. Yeah. From what we've heard of the score, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about uh, also. So the score, the, the soundtrack, you can pre-order it. And it's coming in two versions, uh, just a standard version and a, a deluxe version that has six extra tracks. And so, of course, I already pre-ordered the deluxe version. <laughs> but, oh, you laugh. But... I didn't know you pre-ordered it already. Yeah, why wouldn't I? Of course you did. Well, I, I want to make sure to get it. But it, it's that's being released on June mm-hmm. 11th, so just a few days before the movie. But they've re- all the trailers and TV spots have had Hans, Hans Zimmer's music in it now. And so people are getting starting, starting to get a really good sense. Not a really good sense. Because we haven't heard a lot of it yet, but a sense of what the music's going to be, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be the grandiose hummable theme that you have from John Williams. But no. it seems like it's going to be really good. But all, but a lot of percussion. But a lot of percussion. Kind a lot of like of, what we just saw in the latest Batman movie. But a lot of ambiance and kind of not a theme in particular, but just a just a general mood and feeling you get from the music, which seems to be very 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 percussion heavy, very. Mm-hmm. Very heroic, I would even say, at least for the main theme that plays over the trailer and the TV spots. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of a good thing, isn't it? I mean, this is Superman. He's supposed to be one of the greatest superheroes of all time. It better be heroic. Well, yeah, yeah. So then there's also been a lot of uh, posters that have come out. Mm -hmm. Although there's a lot of, there's not a lot, but I've seen controversy surrounding that. The posters are just, be artists, um just screenshots of the movie there's they're they're not actually in they're not unique posters where there was an image that was created for a poster which is they're they're just images taken from the from the movie i thought there was at least one or two posters that were of henry cavill in the suit or just a close-up of the suit i thought those Those are all screenshots though Oh, okay the only to my knowledge i think the only original poster was released way back at Comic Con last year, mm-hmm. of a silhouetted Superman, you can um, it's kind of a all it's there's it's very heavy on the blacks and it's just um essentially from the S shield up mm-hmm. and it's and it's that's not an image from the movie but all the rest of the posters a few the last week they released last week they released one of him flying sort of at you and mm-hmm. that poster looks really cool but somebody found the exact frame of the trailer like that it matched up exactly yeah. with with well the... i mean maybe they're just trying to have a unified front unified message well, i don't know like i don't think it's unified i don't I just... really have a problem with that i guess well i think it's a little bit of laziness no there has, there isn't creativity that really has to go on you just pick a cool image from the movie slap a slap a man of steel logo on it but if, i mean if your movie's that cool why do you need to shoot but, but separate don't me, images but don't get me wrong i think they've all the posters have been pretty awesome i think mm-hmm. that they look really awesome it is i do recognize the the criticism that there's a little that there's some complaints that it's not there aren't unique cool posters for that aren't there and they're just screenshots from the movie so you know somebody working at warner brothers is just finding what looks cool from the movie and making it into a poster but but it looks it looks pretty cool and it, everything all the the marketing is really starting to ramp up and it's just getting me jazzed it's only a month only a month and a half away from the from the movie so looking looking forward to it yeah i'm looking forward to it too so i think that wraps us up for today yep sounds so, like it so why don't you take us home jb all right so Please send us your uh, questions, comments, feedback to our email, which is... God, I don't even check our email. Was it talkinggeek at gmail.com? Talkinggeekpodcast at gmail.com, and I keep track of it. I know. That's why I don't know what our email is. Yeah, it's talkinggeekpodcast at gmail. Talkinggeekpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And then you can find us on both iTunes and Stitcher. And then... um, Do we have a Twitter account? Yes, it's Talking Geek. You can find us at Talking Geek on Twitter. 
There you go. I guess I should do the lead out for this because you, you don't really know anything about the show. I'm just I'm here to <laughs> you're look You're along pretty. for the ride. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're here to look pretty. Yeah. So like like JB said, you can find us at um at Talking Geek on Twitter and email us at Talking Geek Podcast and you can also find us on iTunes at Talking Geek No G at the end of Talking for any of these links. And you can also find us on Stitcher as well at Talking Geek. So until next time, keep it geeky. (laughs) Oh, you jumped in there right at the end. I did, because I thought it was my line. Well, I, yeah, but I thought you were, you were, like, the lead out was me. Yeah, so I'm allowed to have the final word. Well, I didn't know you were doing it. Oh, well. We just hadn't coordinated. Next time we'll coordinate. All right. Stay geeky. Or is it keep it geeky? Which one sounds better? Stay geeky.